some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan. Not just any fantasy today, because we got a very exciting recommendations episode coming at you. Coming at you quick, coming at you fast. We've got all (laughs) kinds of exciting books to talk about today. I mean, we're busy reading um, the Powder Mage trilogy right now. (laughs) Think about where we were, (laughs) because I already started Gideon the Ninth as well. So you know, just kind of where we are in the schedule. Um, But yep, so busy reading away at two fantastic series and meanwhile you know we still wanted to get together and chat and get an episode out for you guys today so we thought hmm what would be an interesting premise that we could talk about on the show today charles is and, stroking uh, its beard right now <laughs> yes just, we're just pondering uh, <laughs> hmm and, and uh dylan what do we decide to do today We decided to do book recommendations for newcomers to the fantasy genre, which you all know because you clicked on this episode and it's probably titled that or something very similar to that. Mm -hmm. And Charles, this is a really mighty task for us (laughs) to take on all by our lonesome. And whenever there's a task like this... We do like to let's just get some help. So we mm-hmm. did go to Twitter and also Instagram, but also mm-hmm. I went to Instagram like <laughs> a little bit late. So if you comment <laughs> on there, <laughs> we might not have seen it by now. But we did get help from folks over on social media as well. So we'll be kind of weaving those in throughout. But rest assured, Charles... You and I came with some recommendations ourselves that we're really excited to get we into. We sure and did. And, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can approach this, right? Because it's like depending on who the audience is, where they are, their likes, their dislikes, you know, so many different things. So we're going to try and cover a couple bases today with our to, – to appeal to all kinds of newcomers. There's all kinds of newcomers. Oh, that Yeah. Could, that could newly uh, newly arrive at the fantasy newly come so we want to make sure we want to make sure that we've got a couple different options here so hopefully guys you've got your pens and paper ready to write down some awesome book recs um or maybe you just are taking good mental notes while you're driving or you know doing something else but <laughs> yeah um, don't get the pen and paper out <laughs> if you're driving you know but you can always come back and just listen to the episode again um in the meanwhile we definitely want to talk about um i'm kind of curious dylan uh, and i think i know the answer to this but i think it might be fun to start with them what was your book that made you a newcomer to the fantasy genre bay way back when i would say that it's super boring in terms of my like return to reading fantasy as an adult it was a song of ice and fire like mm-hmm. a game of thrones was oh, really yeah. what got me back into it. and we love that series and uh, it's just you know so many people have the same exact story i want to be special charles i want to be unique but uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty much what was my i don't know if i was a newcomer cuz i'd read some 
fantasy before that, but at least it was the gateway to really get me into adult fantasy uh, as an adult myself at the time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Charles, that I, I have other ones, and I'll talk about my background with them in terms of, like, what were the books that clinched, like, okay, you're not just a guy who's obsessed with A Song of Ice and Fire. You're a person who's going to read like a lot more in this fantasy genre and go on to have a podcast with your lifelong friend and talk about it <laughs> yeah, for, for hundreds sure. You're and go hundreds a of hours. Off the right? deep end, you know, there's yeah. the, and that's a good point because there's a lot of newcomer stuff you could recommend that like everyone's heard of. Like you could sit here and go, oh, read Harry Potter, read The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, whatever, read Game of Thrones. And my, I'd say my gateway is probably even less exciting than yours which is the hobbit you know that just got me into the series but i do think that game of thrones was like a renaissance that um got me back into it later in life and then made me want to read um more like real fantasy like i'm looking up best fantasy books trying to find out what else there is i think i gotta owe game of thrones that um that title but certainly i'd been reading the hobbit and was obsessed with fantasy um and that was kind of the first um accessible story for me so obviously those are all there we recommend all of those of course but we're gonna try and um delve a little bit deeper than that try and get people into that next level of the fantasy bookdom isn't that right dylan definitely and we know that if you're a fan of the friends talking fantasy podcast then you probably are pretty familiar with the fantasy genre, <laughs> uh, you've gotten to the point where you've not, you're not just reading it, you're listening to podcasts and that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know how many newcomers, please share this with the newcomers in your life. Yeah. But we're also thinking this episode, that is, but we're also thinking, hey, the holidays are coming up. People need to oh, figure yeah. out what kind of gifts they're going to get for the folks in their lives. And uh, we're hoping that, you know, we'll talk about a bunch of books and what, like what kind of folks and what kind of readers they might be a good choice for. And for sure. we're hoping that you're keep, you know, you're keeping these in your head when you're going to go shopping for any gifts for any of the holidays coming up. And sure. you can maybe use them to hook your friends into the fancy genre and then oh, you'll yeah. be friends talking fantasy before you know it. <laughs> That's the dream. And then you guys will be bonded forever. And, you yeah. know, just like anyone that reads a good book, what's the thing that they want to do next? Have someone else read it so they have someone to talk to about yeah. it. And hopefully that these are some of the books that you can take to recommend to your friends, perhaps, and start to get them hooked, you know, to the point where they're chasing the dragon, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Uh, so, um Let's not delay anymore. That was a pretty bomb joke that I think we are now ready to... And bomb, I mean, is awesome. Not bomb like the joke bombed, because I'm sure people are laughing. I want to make that clear. Uh, they're uh, so still laughing, Charles. That joke was highly successful. And now I think the intro is completed, and we're ready to get into our totally spoiler-free book recommendations uh, for uh, gateway fantasy uh, books and stories. And I guess, you know, we can rattle these off relatively quickly because there's so many, right? And I think one of the ones that's also kind of falls into the more obvious category is, you know, one of the biggest authors in the game right now, Brandon Sanderson, and his most classic work and the series that our show kicked off with as well. 
is Mistborn, and the book one is The Final Empire by Brandon Sanderson. And this is a series that I feel very comfortable recommending to people IRL. And Dylan, I know you've gotten people to read this book as well for people trying to test the waters, see if they like fantasy. Yeah, it's... You know, we got a lot of responses when we went to social media that I totally agree with, which is always like, hey, yeah, I don't know what I would recommend just broadly to newcomers. Like, I feel like I need to know stuff about the person and blah, blah. And I, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, like, I usually will take all that into account when recommending a book as a, you know, you know, for a newcomer to the genre. That's why we're talking about all these different books and what make them make them a good fit. All that being said, if I know absolutely nothing about the person that <laughs> I'm recommending it to, I will just re- recommend Mistborn by Brandon Sanderson. And that's because Sanderson, you know, there's a reason he's so massively popular. And it's, I think his writing is so undeniably uh, I, I think the best word is just accessible. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that he, you know, Mistborn, it's a story that has this really awesome hard magic system that kind of can introduce you into that idea of the genre because that's so heavily present in the genre nowadays but it's like explained in a way that's really easy to understand even though it's complex so you've got awesome magic you've got characters that are pretty easy to root for and pretty easy to comprehend what their motivation is all kind of stuff and sanderson has just this way of respecting the reader experience i think is so important as a newcomer in the genre you want to feel like like this person is prioritizing entertaining you and i think that sanderson does such an awesome job of doing that and then the, the guy can just deliver when it comes to uh, like how he ends his books including this individual book uh, the final empire and then mm-hmm. Mistborn overall is a trilogy uh last bit i'll say is just that the like the book also tells a complete story in the first book yeah. so if they are a newcomer they're like actually i don't think this is for me uh, like there's a lot more to say obviously there's a reason there's a trilogy and then a second era of a trilogy all that kind of stuff but if you Mm -hmm. just read the first book and make it to the end i think it's a satisfying place to stop too i obviously Mm -hmm. did not but uh, (laughs) if if someone doesn't like it and doesn't want to keep reading fantasy i think they can read this one book and be done that's totally well said i think that's important to keep in mind when you're trying to recommend a gateway series is you can't recommend like I wouldn't put Wheel of Time on this list because you have to read 14 pretty big books to get that experience or Malazan or something. It's just like <laughs> a bit more advanced, a bit more intimidating. You need something where it's like if I just commit to 300 pages, 400 pages, I can get a I can get a experience. Well, I can get the fantasy that, though, Charles. It, the, isn't this how one long like is the final empire? Plus pages, the final empire. I'll check. I have no idea. Check I for me while is. I continue, but it goes super quickly. Yeah. Even if it's 600 pages, it, it, it's the point of like, I need it. The commitment level needs to be within reason for someone who doesn't read all the time, who's not an avid fantasy reader. Um, I'll also say 
you know, Mistborn especially, known for its intricate magic systems, well-developed worlds, which is something fantasy is uniquely offering. So I think that's something that someone who'd be curious about fantasy would enjoy. And this book delivers on hooks, twists, turns. There's mysteries and reveals, which are so rare just in stories in general. So the fact that they exist really well in this is, I think, worth the experience alone. And then I think it's a good litmus test where it's like, depending on what you liked or didn't like about it, it, you could find another book relatively quickly. Like if you liked the intricate magic system, but maybe wanted something more gritty, you could go into like Brent Weeks, for example. Or if you wanted Mm -hmm. something a little more high fantasy, maybe then try um, like Eye of the World and uh, um, something something like that, you know, where it's like there's different... it's a spring off point for a bunch of different subgenres of fantasy, you know, so a great recommendation for sure. Um, Shall we keep it going, Dylan? Sure. 541 pages in the hardback, 647 pages in the paperback, mass market paperback that is. So, but I mean, it's not recommending a thousand plus page start to a series that has, 14 books that are a thousand pages you know it's not anywhere near <laughs> yeah. at that level but it also will acquaint you with the fact that even a fans like epic fantasy even the books that are like not considered super long like we don't think of mistborn as super long in the way we do mm-hmm. with like sanderson's stormlight archives um it's still this is still epic fantasy and that's oftentimes not going to make it under 500 pages mm-hmm well said so um which one shall we jump into next yeah well let's uh let's just yeah sure i mean uh, we'll we'll get another like modern classic out of the way here and then maybe i'll give a a deeper cut after that or you can give a deeper cut after that because don't want to just give the ones that are like on the top of every modern fantasy if you're talking about you're talking about king killer chronicle right now yeah yeah yeah, the yeah, name yeah. of the wind. By <laughs> I was like, I, you know like, let's I get that one out of the way too. Yeah, yeah. Both, you can I kick mean, us off since this is yeah, one near and dear to your heart. Mine as well. But yeah, I mean, many folks listening will know about this series, but for those who don't, this is Patrick Rothfuss's first book. It is basically an innkeeper who is like resigned to a life of obscurity but we find out is this legendary figure named quoth and he's got this really incredible storytelling background and this chronicler tracks him down he's basically like tell me about your life and quoth goes through all these uh, incredible adventures that he's had in his past and it's uh, it really shines more than anything, I think, in the prose. And I think oh, yeah. that's that's one thing that if a newcomer is like someone who is not going to want to deal with any of the like more purpley aspects of, of prose and maybe, you know, go for Mistborn or whatever. But it, uh, if they can appreciate a good turn of phrase, I mean... Yeah. In my opinion, just about no one does it like Patrick Rothfuss. Right, it's and if they're looking for something less written. like dragons, knights in shining yeah. armor, ye old language, and all that stuff, this kind of is a departure from that. It's very much a hero's journey kind of story with beautiful prose, like you said. A Bildungsroman. So, uh, 
building yeah. how do you yeah. is that right buildings roman yeah the it, i think it's you know it, it's about that time in this character's life and it's in, it's really well written new york times bestseller obviously great story you, you can't really go wrong especially for people that have maybe read some fiction outside of the genre or a lot of young adult or something and are ready for that next step it's a great recommendation cannot go wrong yeah um, and so it's got magic still it's like quoth is has a history of being a wizard basically in training at a mm-hmm. academy that can teach him magic and it has yeah. those kind of elements for fans mm-hmm. of things like harry potter that will will feel familiar but yeah it also has an as some romance and it is not a romance but it has some romance and some and uh, one of my favorite like relationships and all fantasy absolutely awesome characters the one caveat though charles that Mm -hmm. you'd have to give if you're recommending the name of the wind or the king killer chronicle in general Mm -hmm. you have to let the person know that this series is unfinished the third book is is not out yet and Mm -hmm. that this has been going on a very long time that this series has not been finished so uh, the Name of the Wind came out in, um, what was it? Was it 2007? And then Wise Man's Fear, the second book, that came out in 2011. So even four years between those books. And though we've had a novella come out and we have another one on the way from Rothfuss relatively soon, uh, we also, there's no third book in sight at the moment. And that is... That is and tough Rothfuss to deal with. Is enter, entering the realm of controversy and the realm mm-hmm. of starting to annoy fans. So it's kind of a delicate. Um, I don't know if he's just starting there. to. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's starting to get like you Google his name and it's it's, reaching a the results point. are unfavorable. You know, it, it, it went from like best selling author of these beloved books to now like, oh, like. No, like people are annoyed. That's like the first result, you know, and that shift is happening now. Not that anything necessarily has changed. So something to consider. Um, will time look favor- favorably on Patrick Rothfuss? I, th- I I think these books are so good that um, it, they're worth reading no matter what, honestly. I agree. But yes, I, I put them off for a long time because they weren't finished. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that I've read them now and I would happily recommend them to someone looking to get into the genre. It is some of the best that modern fantasy has to offer for sure. Um, I've got a really quick one here. This is for um, if all you gamers out there. Um, if it, uh, just mention really quick, it's a super popular Netflix show, The Witcher, of course. And these people may have watched the show and, and played the video games and not read the books. And um, I really think that's kind of unfortunate because there's some really good... Um, there's some really good stories in the first couple books, so I just highly recommend if you've got someone in your life who you know is a is a gamer maybe, or, or if you like the games, or if, if you're into that, then The Last Wish by Andrei Sapkowski is is a great read and, and highly recommend it. It's short. It's a collection of short stories that has like a framing story that kind of connects them all. A really well written, very like fairy tale, like grim fairy tale folklore style kind of presentation, and all the best things of like D and D style fantasy of like characters with 
potions and magic and they go into taverns and the hunting monsters and all this other really fun classic fantasy stuff so if you're looking for that like adventure fantasy and trying to build off of some of these popular ips where someone's like oh i know the witcher like isn't that a netflix show it, it, the, mm-hmm. that book is really easy to dive into and it's a standalone short story collection there is like a greater like nine book series that you could read of the witcher if you wanted to expand but you certainly don't have to you can get the full reading experience just from that one book so i just wanted to put that in the mix yeah that's well said charles definitely for the the gamers out there who are already familiar or the or the netflix viewers and i think an awesome place to to start with i think those short story books they're so digestible in a way mm. that is like those first two books being anthologies uh, that uh, i think reading a bunch of short stories in some ways for someone who would be a newcomer to the genre or maybe as someone who doesn't read that much i think it can be more accessible to be like oh yeah you basically just have to bite off these little <laughs> these yeah. little chunks and then right, eventually right. look at you you've read a book and i think that it's like it actually is i think folks like us who read all the time and and i'm sure our listeners fit in this category too like it can be intimidating for <laughs> people who don't read all the time to pick up books that are like even misborn like we mentioned like 500 plus 600 plus pages so for then sure. giving them something that it splits it up into short stories i think is uh, is a great place to start and you mm-hmm. mentioned gamers uh charles and you also mentioned uh Dungeons and Dragons players and stuff like that. So I, I think I'll throw in a little bit of uh, our Twitter input here. And appropriately, Ooh. Pocket Gamer, at Pocket, double underscore gamer, nice. mentioned a book that I think is a great one for uh, for Dungeons and Dragons uh, players in particular. And we also had at Rambone Slam Pig come in and, and say this one too is... Uh, homeland by r.a salvatore and that's basically a book about a dark elf named drizzit uh, that hopefully i'm pronouncing that right i've actually i've read that book i think it's uh, it's like a perfect entry point for folks who are big dungeons and dragons fans because it's literally in the forgotten realms universe and it's uh, like i don't know if the right word would be sponsored but it's like you know it's canon for uh, wizards of the coast like forgotten realms world so it's it's literally part of the dungeons and dragons universe and it of course has that kind of feeling to it and and folks are huge fans i believe that book was published a while back though so it reads a little for me like a little antiquated uh, um and it's a little pulpy but I think it's a fantastic place to start for folks who are like, I'm a big Dungeons & Dragons fan. It was published mm. in 1990. I'm a big uh, Dungeons & Dragons fan, but I don't really read fantasy. It's like, all right, we'll start here. Hmm. All right, now you're <laughs> you're experiencing it in reading form. Like, yeah. do you want to then take another step and, and read a, you know. And one what about other. a story so, like, like Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Eames, you know, because that's one mm. that... What what I think makes this one a particularly interesting one for newcomers is the hook is so good, right? So it's like, hey, yeah. Clay Cooper and his band are part of a crew of mercenaries, 
and they're like rock stars in their bands and um, they're getting the band back together. You know, they're over the hill guys coming back together to save, you know, their do- one of their bandmates daughter, you know, and, and they yeah. fight monsters and there's some D&D references and there's a lot of um, music references, especially classic rock music lef- references. So I think there's a lot of people out there who like love you know rock and roll and may even play some D and and this book could be very accessible to them it's a great standalone with sequel potential there's bloody rose of course as well mm-hmm. and it's just fun entertaining and nicholas seems friend of the show super nice guy and his his voice and his character work is really good it's especially almost like those the like avengers kind of like character ensemble of you've got like one like the like the sword guy and then you got the magic guy and then you you know you got the the axe guy you know it's kind of funny to see the like ensemble come together but they're like past their prime mercenaries that kind of resemble a rock band from the 70s today you know like that kind of vibe so just a lot of fun and and I think you can't overlook fun when you're recommending a a fantasy book to a to a newcomer Oh yeah, those books are so fun. They're so funny, and mm-hmm. they are ri- written in a really accessible way. And and of course, you mentioned all the Dungeons and Dragons parallels, also references to as you mentioned the music scene, also references to Final Fantasy, like all these things oh, yeah. that are kind of oh, yeah. in the nerd sphere. Uh, that's someone who's starting to think, oh, maybe I want to get into uh, reading fantasy. I'm into other nerdy stuff. Uh, like they will likely get joy out of and i think you know we're we were far from alone in that one we had uh, uh at uh, blue smoke fire mentioned nicholas eames's kings of wild and bloody rose and also uh we had uh jody from ws book club so uh, we were yeah. lots yeah, of it's we were, an our fantasy darling too like yeah it, that community loves this book and and so you know that's another endorsement there for sure yeah well all right i'm gonna throw another modern classic out there before we get to the deeper cuts because you know we're kind of we've been doing a lot of these uh if it feels like it's time to say that assassin's apprentice by robin hobb and the farseer trilogy Mm. as a whole is i think a, a great place to start when it comes to fantasy Another beautifully written story, the story of Fitz Chivalry, who is a prince's bastard. It's got some sort of Jon Snow vibes in that premise, but it's uh, far less action-packed than something <laughs> like A Song of Ice and Fire. But it's a fantastic um, it's a fantastic character study of this person, Fitz, and what happens to him in the really messed up world around him, how it impacts him i think it's part of why it's a really good starting place at least for me it feels like i almost didn't appreciate it as much when i was like i read a song of ice and fire i've read the name of the wind i read uh, other series that i'll talk about prince of thorns let's say uh, by mark lawrence fantastic series with a, or fantastic book and part of a fantastic series there's a ton of action in it and then you go over and you read the Farseer trilogy and it's so much slower and all that kind of stuff. But what you don't necessarily realize at that point is how much like further back it was written than a lot of the like modern fantasy and even like Mistborn that we're mentioning and uh, 
Prince of Thorns, like I just said. It's like, I think a book that's better when you're not going into your fantasy yet with this, like, I need like epic dragons and massive skill battles and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, if that's your mentality. The threat of then, the world needs to be at stake from yes. the Dark One. <laughs> yes. If that's your expectation, yeah, Will of Time's another good reference there. If that's your expectation, then this can feel slow. And that was the first time I read it. It was only until I got to a point where I was like, I've been reading fantasy for so long and so many years that I came back and I was like, ooh, I can really appreciate this in its context. Like, <laughs> of when it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a bunch I of conversations can like be, that. This can be a <laughs> dicey pick for a gateway recommendation because I think you have to kind of be open to the experience that you're about to have right this book is not action-packed it's not like good versus evil it's it's a lot more subtle in its delivery of its themes it succeeds incredibly like and it's so well written and you can see the influence that someone like patrick rothfuss received um from this kind of work i'd say the two works are relatively similar um but you do need a reader who's a bit more um patient i guess or appreciative of prose over action um to get the full experience out of this book sometimes people read fantasy because they want the blood the guts the action the pull up the politics and you're not going to get that here so if you're if you know that you're not like that and you're trying to looking for something that's just really a well-written work of fiction that will move you and you really like some of the best character work in in the genre then yeah it's a great wreck for that but just that caveat, yeah, it goes well. Yeah, it goes back to each of these wrecks. You gotta think about like who is this person I'm recommending it to? What do they appreciate? Mm-hmm. And are they going to be disappointed if it's not massive scale battles and mm-hmm. blood and guts yeah, and dragons? Because there's plenty of best. that. Yeah, there's plenty of that that you can find, and uh, you can always default to the like. Oh well, Mistborn has tons of action and <laughs> <laughs> right, right, <laughs> yeah, right. So that's a. G- it's a great yeah, series. A great series. Can't go wrong. It's a classic. Um, one of the ones that I wanted to recommend that's kind of more on the action pack side and I think would be good for people around our age, you know, in the in their 30s, early 30s. And um, maybe there were Avatar fans at one point, The Last Ooh. Airbender, you know, um, which I know there's a lot of people Not out the there that James love that Cameron show. vehicle. No, but those are great too. But I'm talking about the animated series, you know, with all the air bending and fire bending and all that. If that really, you know, was something that interested you, and and now you're 30 years old and you want to know what's next, well, there is um, the Poppy War series by R.F. Kuang, and I think oh, that yeah. would be a really interesting gateway pick for somebody for a couple reasons one it's relatively modern you know arf kuang is you know now she's this new new york times best-selling darling um, number one New York number times one and she's kind of transitioning yeah. into just like fiction literature at large um which is it's just nice to see but this was her first um big release right is the poppy war series and it's all this kind of elemental magic it's an allegory for a lot of the like world war ii uh war crimes between like china and japan and and, all this other stuff um that's really really well written and it's a combination of rf kuang's like advanced education in asian history and then also her 
command of just the fantasy genre and of fast pacing and action and blood and guts and betrayal and politics and battles and magic systems it's a beautiful blend of the two which fantasy does so well some of the greatest writers like um george martin was a big fantasy buff too and you know arf kwong just has that different perspective that she brings a modern voice she's a young author too and i just think it'd be a cool thing to recommend to somebody and then there's a lot they can dive into afterwards but um, the, between like that elemental kind of style magic system and just the popularity of R.F. Kuang as an author, I, I think this is a pretty safe recommendation for a lot of people looking for action. I totally agree. And I think it's a great recommendation to show newcomers that fantasy isn't just like medieval western europe yeah and embarrassing like oh the knight like, must protect the princess from the dark yeah, one i'm the exactly. beautiful elf <laughs> you're like oh okay. <laughs> i love that don't get me wrong but they're uh, always saying i'm the beautiful elf <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes i should but, be an author <laughs> yeah i am Charles, the beautiful you've got the elf gift. <laughs> welcome to my land <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's but i think that sometimes people who aren't super well acquainted with the fantasy genre think that it's all Lord of the Rings or all Game of Thrones. And it's, you know, those are two beloved series by us and, and many other people. But you can almost come in thinking like, oh, well, like how many times can I read about the beautiful elf and the uh, night saving the princess? And then if you read mm. R.F. Kuang's Poppy Warrior, you're like, this isn't like anything that I thought was going on in the fantasy genre. Obviously, mm. us who are longtime readers of the fantasy genre, see like there's so much awesome uh, fantasy of diverse like uh, settings and all that kind of stuff coming from people mm, of various yeah, yeah. backgrounds and... Uh, expertise in these things like rf kwong has so it's yeah it's a fantastic recommendation i think it's also by far the number one of rf kwong's catalog of books mm -hmm. it's by far the number one that i would recommend folks start with because it's she has kind of dove into stuff that even you know even if Babel, I believe it was, was number one New York Times best-selling book. Mm -hmm. I would still say that I would sooner recommend the Poppy War trilogy as an entry point because it feels like it prioritizes uh, like entertainment more than Babel does, and it is, I think, more accessible, action-packed, all those kind of things. If people are babbles, like very, it's an awesome book, and it's very focused on uh, things like uh, imperialism and uh, like racism and like big picture themes revolving around that, and language as well. Even so if in you academia, know someone's like a yeah, too. but. The book's got footnotes. I mean, I don't know if my, like, hey, like, you want to read some fantasy? Like, here's your entry point. I don't know if I want them reading it's like this footnotes. this dude recommended a book like, to me. It's got footnotes in it. Yeah. What, is he psychotic? Right. It's not Mr. Miller's English class. You remember that essay, Charles? The one oh, needed course. a minimum of whatever amount of footnotes. All right, this is their entry point. A writing to assignment that required footnotes. You know, that's something that stuck with us 20 years later, <laughs> 15 <Yeah>. years later. <laughs> Definitely. So but, it's, uh, 
Yeah. It's a great entry true. point, Charles. It's a great recommendation. Awesome magic, historical like analogy to it. And it's very modern feeling, like modern prose, modern language that the characters like the characters don't speak in like a ye old English, obviously. They're not <laughs> yeah. like or the even parallels. like a Lord of the Rings style <laughs> or, English yeah. where it's like, my fair elven queen, your, your right. beauty holds no equal, you know? <laughs> like, or even like a Song of Ice and Fire. Like there is a sort of like old timey Western Europe mm. feel to the way mm-hmm. that those characters speak. Like the mm-hmm. characters in the Poppy War, for better or worse, I, I enjoyed this aspect of it. Like mm. they speak in a, a pretty modern very way. That, plain and direct. Yeah. And then when their friendships, they're very colloquial, you know, they're the joking yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's very it's a very modern um, dialogue, which I, I do think it makes it even that much more accessible for sure. Um, Definitely. What do what we throw in the ring next, man? Charles, you mentioned Avatar and mm-hmm. you also uh, like there's another series sort of Kaigen uh, that you oh, read yeah. relatively recently that I think People always recommend that one for fans of Avatar The Last Airbender, not Mm -hmm. necessarily fans of James Cameron's Avatar, (laughs) of which uh, (laughs) apparently (laughs) Avatar 5 is due out in 2031. So say your Any day now, guys. Any day now. I was a big fan of The Way of Water. I saw it in IMAX and I was was good. It was fun. There are three more movies already planned and Avatar 5 is due in 2031. But going back to Avatar The Last Airbender, sort of Kaigen, a self-published indie darling and winner of one of Mark Lawrence's self-published fancy blog-off competitions, uh, is that, you think, I haven't read it, Charles, but do you think yeah, that's a good entry I, point? I definitely and, think that's a, that one, it's very sad and um, yeah. emotional. Um, unlike poppy war which is also sad but it's so full of action that yeah. it just hits well, different famous for the bucket of tears which you know you yeah, and i think it, is a little it hits different but... like sort of kaigen's very much like a story about a mother and you know um being in a patriarchal family and the relationship she's trying to have with her sons during wartime and the other one is mm-hmm. you know kick-ass lady like kills a lot of people with crazy powers you know there's a a kind of there's a big difference there um both are very emotional for sure but one is much more introspective and and and, um dramatic uh and that is the sort of kaigen and that magic system is way more long which i forgot to say yes and that is more elemental magic like um poppy war it's elemental too but they also can like it's more like x-men powers where everyone gets something different and it could always be something you know like they could turn into stuff or they can manipulate fire or you know there's all kinds of different magic um but in uh sort of kaigen families control elements you know and that, and then they're at war uh, i would say yeah i would probably recommend it if someone is a really avid fiction reader and Maybe they want to support the indie genre. I mean, now the book is traditionally published, not quite the same, but it was at one point independently published. I think that's a great way to go. And for Avatar fans, it's another good option too, because that one is more directly like elemental control to fight. But if you're expecting like tons of action, like there are great fight scenes in it, 
but it's ultimately a drama. So it's a little bit of a distinction there, which could be, you know, a selling point for you. So something to consider. Um, for sure. While we're but talking think, about like, oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. I was well, going to transition, but. Uh, well, we maybe I'll transition to the same place that you were going there, Charles, because oh. uh, I think something of value in this is to show how good books that come from a self-published background can be. Mm -hmm. And I think that some folks who aren't as involved in the fantasy community as, as you or I or many of our listeners, I'm sure, they might not realize how much high-quality self-published uh, fantasy is out there. So I think that uh, reading this can open up a whole new, uh, like, Pandora's box, but a good Pandora's hmm. box, Charles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great metaphor there. Uh, yeah, it can open up a whole new world of books that folks might not have considered otherwise if they're just getting into the genre. They're like, wait, this started out self-published? Like, what other amazing self-published books are there out there? Kind of and like how James Cameron opened um, the world to the brand new world, the Pandora, when Avatar came mm. back in the... Maybe that's why I went toward the Pandora's box Maybe so. So maybe so you got incepted by James Cameron. I know. <laughs> you never want to get incepted by James Cameron. Like not if, if you can if avoid gonna, it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna get incepted, you'd rather be by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> like that's Oh yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio incept yeah. away, my friend. <laughs> James right. Cameron. But not down. James Cameron. <laughs> yeah. So you guys got enough ideas. I don't need him trying to come into mind, you know? Um, but so I, I noticed that Charles, we're kind of... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Finish yeah, your go. thought. And then I was going to suggest <laughs> a rapid fire. We're struggling here. The chemistry. Oh, <laughs> Just so excited. So many good rapid books Rapid fire. All right. Well, we're well, about 40 we minutes a, in. Can we get a couple non-rapid fire, maybe medium fire? A couple medium fire. Medium paced yeah. fire here. Um, yeah. One that I, I just want to make sure gets the attention that it deserves because it holds a special place in my heart is The Red Wolf Conspiracy, the first book mm. of the Chatherine Voyage Quartet by Robert V.S. Reddick, friend of the show. We did a whole read-along of this series, and mm -hmm. uh, it is it, with Robert and also with Blaze from Under the Radar Books. And mm -hmm. uh, we talked to Robert after each book, and it, it was absolutely awesome and an honor because this He's book a treasure, yeah. was... Yeah, I always view this book as being, uh, or this series at large, as being what hooked me into the fantasy genre and made the difference between like, oh, I just really like A Song of Ice and Fire to, all right, now I know I'm a big fan of the fantasy genre and I want to try more. Uh, this book is an absolutely captivating and imaginative story about a group of characters who are on this giant ship and get kind of embroiled in this yeah world changing potential world ending level events uh, and are also you know just kind of like getting to know each other and developing relationships and all those kind of things it's got like all these magic creatures and monsters and characters like there's a talking rat. I mean, there's characters that are representing all sorts of like uh, 
wacky yes. imaginative uh, yes. things. The think. imaginative adventure aspect of it is so off the charts. Uh, the creativity of it, um, the originality of it. If you're someone who's just looking to dive into like an adventure fantasy story, that's a good one for sure. Yeah, it's got a pretty like pretty vast world building to it. So you want mm. someone who's ready to really dive into that. But I, I don't know. This series was one that I just could not stop reading when I picked it up. I was it was one of those like you just uh, I was I was on some sort of like break from school or something and i just remember like for a week or more i was just like wake up like read the book like eat breakfast while i read the book like (laughs) just straight (laughs) through the day i would like finish the books in like uh, like a couple days and such a great experience to have you know just being hooked by by a book like that yeah for sure so i mean that alone glowing endorsement and i think we're ready to end. Is there more medium fire stuff you want to get to before we enter the rapid fire? Um, depending how rapid. Let's see how rapid the rapid fire is. But sure, I'll just say check out our Chatherine Voyage episode with Robert Fius Reddick from before we got into the series, and you can hear a lot more about yes. the series because we do have like a, a spoiler-free kickoff yeah. episode where you can get to know Robert and. Um, the story a little bit in a spoiler-free way before we start reading. So yeah, yeah. I just love that series so much, and the more people I can get to hop yeah, on board, was, the yeah, the FTF <laughs> series was great too. We should do more of those. I don't know. Like, yeah, we, we did the one, and then that was it. <laughs> we should get another, yeah, pick another just us, another us being to, lazy yeah, to go on that gotta, journey with us. You know, yeah. Um, but before then, okay, I'll do one really fast, and I, I think you'll have no problems going fast with this one. Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin. This is great for a lot of reasons. It's um, short, you know, so always great to recommend. Um, the prose is off the charts. It's much more of a classic fantasy story that could easily get you into other, like, coming-of-age, dragons, swords, sorcery, magic stories and dylan you actually had an experience where you recommended this as a gateway fantasy story to someone and it went over quite well isn't that correct oh yeah charles that is definitely correct (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i mean i think that it's uh uh sorry i'm i'm just wizard of earth sea was the book that i recommended to my grandma if that's what you're (laughs) Is that what that you're was, referring to? Was, yes, yes. And okay. she liked it, I was right? trying to think. Oh, my grandma. She's not an avid it. fantasy reader. <laughs> no, no. I guess it worked extremely well. I was just trying to think if that was what you were that referring was. to. It okay. Was. Yeah, no, my grandma absolutely. And I actually loved helped it. you I mean, suggest that one too, because you were like, hey, my grandma wants oh, to yeah, that's true. read a fantasy story. What should she read? And I was the one who suggested Wizard of Red Sea, and you were like, perfect. That's actually a really good wreck. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's a great the rest is fantastic prose, just absolutely timeless, works for every age. Uh, mm. I mean, this book from my soon-to-be 90-year-old grandma. Wow. Uh, Love she that. She is, yeah, we got the big party coming up. I'm going down to Florida Ooh. for that one, so excited Ooh. for that. And, that is big. Yeah, and, uh, f- you know, from, it was 
basically one of the reasons that like the young adult genre even came to exist in my understanding. So it's like, <laughs> yes. it's got this, it's a Bildungsroman, Charles. So it's got this. Yes. The young adult like, genre like wasn't a category of story when this book came out. It didn't exist. Yeah. But it's got this appeal that I think would work from like teenage to my soon to be 90 year old grandma and mm-hmm. i yeah it's absolutely timeless it's amazing that it was written i mean let me find what year it was written there charles um but it was written in 1968 Ooh, i mean nice that is yeah. classic i mean that's like a stone throw away from when like lord of the rings was lord like, of the rings out you know it was like yeah. a modern story at the time and i gotta like say like the 50s so. i gotta say it reads so much more like modern and timeless <laughs> than lord of the rings <laughs> yes, i gotta yes. say it, it it does i mean but they're two totally have... different styles but yeah ursula's is, is fantastic and lots of um like spiritual symbolism and stuff like that it's not a spiritual book necessarily but there is a lot of really great um um, symbolism to dive into in that yeah well it draws from a lot of like uh um like the concept of the tau i believe it is Mm -hmm. like taoist sort of beliefs uh it is a lot of it about like being one with nature and the world around you and what does that mean and what does it mean to like mess with nature and uh, mess with the way of things it's it's got so much wisdom to off to offer in that realm and it's also just a fantastic almost like campfire style storytelling of yeah of stuff hmm. that can seem pretty familiar to fantasy readers like a relatively young character attending a magic academy but keep in mind that this very much far predate <laughs> predates like uh harry potter and all those kind of things so yeah. this is I mean, uh, think about it, it's like 30 years though because harry potter was well it was late 90s and this was late 60s yeah. so um yeah very interesting um, and that's Wizard of Earthsea for you. Not so much a rapid fire on that one. But how about this? No. I'm going to try another rapid fire, see if we can do it. Um, I, I would say for people who are into like young adults books in general, and now they're trying to ready for, you know, they're adults now and they want to read, you know, the next thing. I think The Final Strife is a great recommendation. Oh, um, yeah. Because it it reads kind of like a Hunger Games, but it's really mm. much more mature than that. And it's a much, you know, uh, Sara El Arifi's got a fantastic voice. She takes her characters to unique settings and she built this whole magic system, class system. Um, the first book is all around a tournament and there's politics involved in it. And the characters are super, super um, interesting and unique as well. So... Um, I think if anyone's looking for some of that new adult, but with some edge and some also like social commentary as well, um, definitely check out The Final Strife. And sorry, El Arifi is one of those relatively new voices in the genre. It's been over a year now since um, she came on to talk about The Final Strife. And she's already has the second book out and she's got another series going. She's an absolute machine, someone to look out for. <laughs> so that's a great book to give to someone as a gift, too, because you could probably still get the hardcover. It's a fresh voice in the genre and so recommend well said charles definitely second that one all right let's throw another 
modern author out there, one who's been cranking out books for a while now and produced the massively popular A Court of Thorns and Roses series. That's Sarah J. Mass. And we covered that relatively recently. So this is uh, like romantic fantasy. And I would say that it kind of fits in the new adult category, which is a little older than young adult, but it's kind of been like things at the forefront of that romantic fantasy new adult uh, subgenre and i mean it has been a crossover hit this series you see people reading it all over the place and it's one of those like it has almost two million ratings or something like that on goodreads it's like two million people can't be wrong type of things like this book is one of those that's like not just getting people into fantasy in general, but also getting people just broadly, like getting people into reading. So I think this is a, it's one where you have to kind of gauge the person. Like, are you trying to, are they a romance reader and you're trying to get them to bridge the gap into fantasy, like romantic fantasy. And then further from there, if you want to try to get them hooked on uh, something that's like more epic fantasy, this is kind of a good in between there, or maybe they'll just find that they love this book. And the next one they're going to read is fourth wing, which is kind of another new adult fantasy romance type thing. So it's like, uh, I I consider it all like we read much more like epic fantasy, grimdark fantasy, all that kind of stuff on here. Uh, But uh, you know, romantic fantasy is uh, just as legitimate a part of the fantasy genre. It's just a different subgenre that we don't cover as much, but if you get them into that, that it counts it counts it counts for sure great gateway wreck um this is one where like co-workers friends family like in irl coming out to talk about this book and, recommend it and, and and get into it so people who aren't like friends that i nerd out about fantasy stuff fantasy stuff over we can still connect over a quarter of thorns and roses you know so that's a really great recommendation for sure it's just so popular and so accessible how could you not um another one worth recommending that we kind of talked about in the pre-show the when we were just chatting um lies of lock lamora by scott lynch i actually gifted this to um a friend of mine for the holidays last year um not an avid fantasy reader, but an, a reader, and you know, just a fun book, fantastic, spectacular cursing in this one, like next level swears and stuff like that. Really mm-hmm. interesting setting along the grim dark genre. Um, so highly recommended for that. Just some really charismatic prose and characters um, that you know, for anyone who think might like the grim dark genre, is looking for something that's just kind of fun and entertaining that the lies of La Clamora can not be missed. Book one of the gentleman bastard sequence. Definitely for any fans of rogues out there, this is a can't mm-hmm. miss. And another book I'll throw out there that uh, at Andres Freira uh, said on Twitter that I was like, Oh yeah, that's definitely one that I should include the six of crows duology, which mm. just, relatively also on netflix the last few years yeah it was made into a netflix series and uh, it's 
kind of a young adult version of something like the lies of Lockmore. obviously it's, uh, that's a very bird's eye view parallel they're they're different books but it has uh, lots of rogues and a, a heist and all that kind of stuff going on in it and maybe you can get folks who are you know watching the series on netflix or at least like the idea that there is an adaptation maybe you can get them on board and it's also written in a really accessible entertaining way which as you've probably seen from the way we're talking about this is a super important part in the way that we see these gateway books for sure for sure um that i mean that's a great place to start. That's certainly a lot of books for people to take notes on. Are there any others on the socials that we want to give a shout out to before we wrap it up? Um, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just find the, the person who said this. Yes. At Tory Talks 2 uh, mentioned Tory the Raira. Yeah, the... <laughs> The Raira Revelations oh, yeah. by we Michael Sullivan. We were talking about this right before we recorded. This would have been a shame if we missed. <laughs> yes, definitely would have been a shame. I would say this is just a extremely entertaining. Another series that was initially self-published, then later became traditionally published. Uh, yeah, M- Michael Sullivan's Raira Revelations, uh, they're, they're set in kind of a typical like high fantasy uh, type world it does fit into the like uh, western medieval fantasy type feel to it but it also feels like a super modern version of that in the way that the characters interact and talk and uh, it is extremely entertaining it's witty it's fun it's got a duo in royce and hadrian the main characters who are Whenever you ask people like, oh, who are the best duos in fantasy? You're going to get those two coming up. It's a bit of like an odd couple sort of pairing, not a romantic couple, but a... The odd couple weren't romantic. (laughs) No, no. But I'm just hearing myself say, I'm like, do people know the odd couple? Uh, (laughs) Like, what what am I talking about? That's a good question. I mean, I knew what you were talking about. (laughs) I was like, why do I know what I'm talking about? Why do I know about the odd couple? (laughs) either way uh to be young enough to not know that reference (laughs) (laughs) charles is a little older than me for those of you like a year (laughs) yeah the odd couple had been out for quite a while before then (laughs) that year makes a difference when it comes to understanding odd couple clearly it doesn't because you know just as much as me (laughs) you made the reference not me that's true that's so that's on you what um, was, but yes. wait, what we're talking what about Raira revelations <laughs> great Rayera book revelations, great yes. you know sword sorcery rogue duo banter story you know we recommend okay uh, so i'm gonna say one by rapid fire i guess just based on length of episode but it one by me and i'll get back to a couple more from the twitter users Red Sister by Mark Lawrence would be a great recommendation, I think. Uh, Mark Lawrence, just an awesome author with a lot, like a very diverse catalog, many of which Mm -hmm. could be entry points. I think Prince of Thorns is just more grimdark and grittier and that kind of stuff, more Mm -hmm. blood and guts. So if someone seems super into that idea, then it could be a fantastic gateway. But I think Red Sister 
which has some of that, definitely has action, has fun friendships, has romance, has everything, uh, yeah. magic, all that kind of stuff, and a great premise with, like, killer, you know, killer, but, you know, oh, great, uh, like, battle <laughs> nuns, basically, yeah. warrior <laughs> nuns, and, yeah. like, with also still having kind of the magic school element to it. I just think that mm. that's one that if I didn't know a ton about a person, but they're like, I want to get into fantasy. I'd be pretty quick to just be like, yeah, mm. check that out. And Mark, I've Mark gifted Lawrence Mark so Lawrence great. before to people who I've tried to convert from the sci-fi genre because oh, yeah. he kind of walks that line of like science fiction influence in his settings and in some of the premise of his like world building but it's at its core a fantasy story so when i have you know friends who i know are big sci-fi readers i'll get them like the um uh, the empire of thorns is that the name of the trilogy <laughs> what's the name of the trilogy the, the name of, of the trilogy is the broken empire broken empire yes 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 so i would give like a broken empire box that i'm like hey you might like this, Mr. Science Fiction Fan, because there's there's some really interesting sci-fi connections here that you may want to check out, you know. So, um, yeah, and then all of his books, to me, have some of that. Because he is a man of science. He is a man of, of um, you know, space and math, and that comes across <laughs> yeah. in a lot of his He was his, a rocket a scientist before. Yes, uh, yes. Yes. So, and great guy. We, we've had him on the show. He's been a fantastic supporter Friend of the, of the show. show. Um, so, <clears throat> also, at Chris Horn 22 mentioned Neverwhere by Neil Neil Gaiman. That's the right way to say his name. Yep. Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm messing that up. Uh, so, Charles, you've read a bunch of Neil Gaiman. I recently mm-hmm. read The Ocean at the End of the Lane, uh, and I thought that would be a really great entry point for people it's short it's captivating it is like uh, i don't know gaming just has this way this aesthetic that he can uh, set that i think is uh, extremely i don't know how to describe it it's extremely unique and just puts you in a certain mindset that i can't think of any other writer that can do it's like very sort of mysterious and magical the way that the ocean at the end of the lane plays out haven't read neverwhere but charles uh thoughts on any game and uh, entry points you've read? Um, um you know i've read sandman several volumes of sandman the graphic novel i've read Coraline, which is a young adult story that's excellent i read american gods i think he's a good read for people who are into some maybe gothic or horror influences um he he kind of taps into that um i don't know he's got like this ambiance the way he writes you know he like sets a vibe that so few authors can do i don't know how he quite does it but it's not quite surreal it's not quite gothic it's very much neil gaiman but he just achieves this atmosphere and it's a really interesting unique experience to have as a reader to to take on one of his books so i think it'd be great for someone who's like oh i love stephen king or i love um you know uh, nightmare before christmas or something or it's like hey check out one of these neil gaiman books he might he might do it for you you know that's a great way or if they love Coraline, you know because you can actually be like if someone's watched those adaptations like american gods also been adapted you do have the entry point of just being like hey 
you know this movie like it's written by the guy that originally wrote Coraline and mm-hmm. what Good Omens so, he half wrote that with Terry Omens. Pratchett that's on Amazon yeah. so you have a bit of an easy way to get people into it by yep. referencing some other work which I think is key so Charles we've got Fantasy Files podcast that files fantasy one of the oh, ones okay. yeah so we've got uh, two mentioned here that I think are definitely worth discussing uh, one is the way of shadows the night angel trilogy oh, yeah. you've you've read that falls awesome. into the same kind of category as mistborn does but it's a bit more on the grim dark side there's a lot more violence and blood and guts in um, brent weeks's story but the same like hard magic system cloak and dagger kind of combat um ensemble of characters politics uh so it's a great great recommendation yeah and then we've got stormfront which is dresden files number one charles so you and Mm -hmm. i have both read dresden files number one Mm -hmm. uh i've also read the second book uh it's uh i'll be honest uh with the chance of getting flamed for this one (laughs) the first book in the dresden files series just it did not do it that well for me. Um, uh, I didn't think it was bad. I guess it was just one of those, like, this feels like a really hyped book that just for me, I don't know. There's something that couldn't quite draw me in at the same level that other people seem to be drawn into this. I've heard some folks say like, Oh, you got to like give it a few books and all that kind of stuff. So one day I'm going to get back to it. One day we're going to cover this for the show for sure. And maybe my, my thoughts will change, but that's kind of what I took away from it. But all that being said, I do see it as something that could be a great entry point for folks, especially if they like like mystery genre, uh, but are looking for something that'll have a little more supernatural element to it. It, it is funny and entertaining and accessible. And there's a lot, out there and they're relatively short compared to a lot of other fancy out there so i i definitely see it um right if it's got a it sense were of my humor. entry point yeah i don't think it would work as well as like chaffin voyage worked for me but uh there's also <laughs> plenty of people that chaffin voyage wouldn't work for as well as dresden does so yeah dresden that's kind of where has a very it. dedicated fan base and all yep. that so there is you know, a chance a of huge, me getting flamed on market yes. for it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's one of yes. those books. I'm like, oh, th- this one. Like most of the time, you don't get you don't get flamed. At least uh, on our podcast, we occasionally it'll happen, uh, but for the most part, you don't. You can say you didn't really love a book. Dresden is one of those I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, there's a chance here. <laughs> At least you waited until an hour in, so hopefully yeah, exactly. most of them have given up by now, but um, you never know. <laughs> like, um, they haven't even mentioned Dresden. I'm dropping out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No Dresden in the first 10 minutes? I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't even know if we got to any books in the first 10 minutes, but we tried. Um, one we said we were going to mention and almost didn't is The Rage of Dragons by oh, Evan yes. Winter. This Let me is a find the person one. that brought that to our attention. Yes, find too, the person uh, and so we can give credit. them a shout out because I, that was one of the ones when we were looking at the social media recs earlier. We're like, oh, yeah, it's a great one, especially for like, and I know this is Gateway, so Game of Thrones is already in the mix, but especially like a Game of Thrones kind of 
fan is is going to love this one. It's kind of like Game of Thrones meets the Upside Down and Stranger Things. You know, it's like it's yeah. like the kind of connection meets like Gladiator. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely so, a Gladiator uh, in there. Yeah, did we find the wreck on the social? Uh, yeah, so two people did. Psyched Michael, and that they said Rage of Dragons. By Evan Winter, if we didn't say it. And oh, did also, I not say by Evan Winter? Uh, That's I don't bad. know. Maybe you did. I, I don't know. But mm. we also had... Uh, oh, this is this is going to be a tough one. Uh, their name is not appearing in my screenshot. But they did have a great comment. I'll find the name in a second. Because they also recommended the Poppy War. Uh, they great. also recommended Realm of Elderlings. Uh, okay, so they've got a style here. <laughs> yes. We also, yeah, so they also said Rage of Dragons, of course, as I was saying. And they said Jade City by Fonda Lee, mm. which we read relatively recently. I could see that as a fantastic entry point, Charles. What do you think? Yeah, I could see that because it's got a more modern setting. It's based on like organized crime, which who doesn't love a good organized crime story? And the action system, action system, the magic system lends itself well to fun action scenes. And it's two warring mob families in like this, like California meets Japan kind of vibe. And uh, yeah, it's really cool and interesting. So um, I think that's a great read and that's another one that kind of focuses on the reading experience and entertainment while also delivering just like really interesting um really interesting story themes characters all of that too is there um, sometimes you can't always get both but you do in that story and that's what makes fondly so great and popular yes and that was from at enter james Easy, I believe is the way to pronounce that. Apologies if I didn't get that right. Oh, is it just Enter James? Enter James? There's some capitalization stuff going on here, so I apologize if I'm not interpreting it correctly. But let's say <laughs> Enter James is the person that said those recommendations, all of which are great. So, yeah, Charles, that's uh, there's plenty of other comments, and I this is one that we got enough feedback that i even before we started the episode i was already like i feel bad that <laughs> that we're gonna record this episode and we can't oh, like no. we can't discuss like 98 percent of the books that were recommended here because and, i mean you guys are awesome for that like thank minutes, you all so, for yeah. coming on and and giving your recommendations they were super helpful and preparing for the episode it's just fun to talk like on social about some of these gateway books you know because some of these we've talked about on the show like years ago now at this point and it's good to kind of come back to them and and talk about them again so um yeah this is just a lot of fun and hopefully you listeners at home taking a lot of notes got some ideas on what to read next i don't know how many books we talked about today but um doesn't it's gotta be uh so yeah definitely something in there if you haven't read it you should definitely give it a shot because lots of really interesting stuff there and hey if you want to ever recommend fantasy books gateway or not you know where to find us over on the socials we always love to chat um so don't hesitate to to reach out um 
But until then, Dylan, I, I, are we good on the Rex? Are there any others you need to give a shout out to before we played that sweet, sweet outro music? Fancy book nerd. I see you out there. FBN. We see you, FBN. Right. <laughs> Although FBN, I love FBN, so I'm, I'm, shouting, I'm shouting them out. But so you're going to shout out also, what they recommended? Or? No, just, <laughs> no, no, no. They, I just like them. <laughs> no, they, the problem is, I told FBN this, they recommend a bunch of books that I've not read, so I can't speak to that well. But mm. what, among which is David Gemmel, which is uh, like, David Gemmel's like a legend that unfortunately I haven't read anything by, so I, I do want to throw that out there. And you know what, Charles? Mm. We've got the Yorkshire book collector out there saying the faithful and the fallen as their entry point mm. by john gwynn so i thought john we gwynn. should at least throw out um papa we gwynn. love john gwynn papa gwynn and we should at least say like shadow of the gods i think could be a fantastic entry point such amazing cinematic fights going on in that one so it's mm-hmm. like people who are used to more visual content if they're transitioning toward reading stuff this will just like create that awesome vivid image in mm. their head that norse uh, inspired mythology yes. too and setting if you like like shield walls and fjords and yorgs and bjorgs <laughs> it's all in if there if you love yorgs you should check out prince of Thorns. <laughs> Your, there's lots of yorgs in there too for sure yeah. oh, just one at least one kind of, important, yeah. kind of important character um so yeah that's a great wreck um you know, he's a like a reenactor too so he could tell you know, he knows what he's talking about he's describing things like putting on a helmet while wearing armor and fumbling with the strap and trying to adjust your shield to make a shield wall and all these really interesting details and he combines like creature magic too. He's got yeah. like, giant dragons and giant wolves and and bears and all these other cool creatures that you can appreciate, especially like Witcher fans, God of War fans, you know, those kinds of stories and vibes. He's definitely delivering on that experience for sure. Yes. Shout out to Papa Gwyn. And the for brothers. Sure. Definitely. That's at book underscore Yorkshire. Thank you for that, and thank all of you who contributed. I'm sorry to anyone that we weren't able to get to your comments, but we appreciate them. We always love engaging in the dialogue uh, with you all on Twitter, or the artist formerly known as Twitter. Uh, it appeared <laughs> to have gone to just this symbol, um, mm. but I'm not going to say what letter that symbol represents, because you mm. know what? I'm team Twitter. I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's like that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in, um, in Wolf of Wall Street saying things I can't say on our clean podcast, but he's like, I'm not effing leaving. That's me on Twitter. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not I've leaving. I'm not going movie. over to, you haven't? No. I've never uh, seen Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know why. I'm not like protesting it or anything. I just haven't seen it. Stop protesting it, Charles. Go see it. At least get it in before Avatar 4, which is due in 2029. I know what. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll go. F- I'll do my best on that one. That, Avatar 3, cool. if you get to that before Wolf of Wall Street, that's all right. But if, if I see you wearing some 
3D glasses, some futuristic 3D glasses, going to Avatar 4 <laughs> before you've even seen Wolf of Wall Street. All right, there's going to be hell to pay. Bro, James Cameron's transported me, man. <laughs> like, what can I say? <laughs> Martin's, uh, who directed Wolf of Wall Street? Was it Scorsese? Like, That sounds right. What has he done for me lately? Doesn't he have a movie in theaters now, actually? <laughs> As I'm saying this. <laughs> Does Some four-hour-long thing oh, with Robert God. De Niro. Oh, is it like Killers of the Flower Moon? Yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah. That's mm. Scorsese? Yes. I haven't been paying any attention to it. I, I like, see Scorsese. that that exists. It exists. It does. I have no idea how long it is, but, I mean, you know, how could you not watch it? It's Scorsese, but... Anyway, let's go ahead and play that Sweet Sweet Outro music now. What do you say? <laughs> let's get that Sweet Sweet Outro music pumping, Charles. All right. Thank you all so much, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today and you want to support the show... A great way to do that is over on the socials, giving us a like and reaching out to us over there. That's at the FTF Podcast on Instagram and at the FTF Podcast with the number one at the end on the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even more than engaging with us over on social media, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast, which you can do over on Spotify. Just two clicks at the top of the Friends Talking Fantasy podcast feed and helps us so much when you do that. You can also rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And yeah, that means you can write nice things about us in a beautiful five-star review and if you do that it'll put a smile on my face and presumably on charles's face as well but just listening is more than enough thank you so much for doing that just listening guys more than enough greatly appreciated thank you thank you thank you and as always go forth and conquer friends